0: Hey everybody! Wait, what? This is oh, this no. We, I say this is the friend who likes the podcast. I'm John. Hey everybody, this is John, and I'm <laughs> this no I don't. Why did I just do that? <laughs> that was- Hey, everybody. This is the Friends Who Like Stuff podcast. I'm John. And I'm James. And every week we're joined by one of our friends who sits in the third host chair. And this week it's...
1: Hey, it's Jeff. Nice to see, well, not see everybody again, but to let everybody listen to my voice again.
2: Which is a treat for us as well as everybody else. Because you always make us sound so much better, Jeff. Every time you are on, oh. we we sound better than we deserve. So, thank you for being back on so soon after your last
0: appearance. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was fun.
0: So, this week, we brought you on because this is our Valentine's Day podcast episode. Yes, I love it. And so, we wanted to talk a little bit about love.
2: Yay. Yeah, Valentine's was, what, two days ago or five days from now, if you're listening to us live. Wait. Which you can't
1: they're be hackers
0: <laughs> right so before we get into the main discussion i just wanted to ask what kind of plans do y'all typically have for valentine's day we we are all married guys and you know some have more kids like like y'all jeff <laughs> but what what does valentine's day look like with a big family
1: well what james what is our typical valentine's situation cuz john you might not know this so
2: um usually my wife who is a music teacher will be in San Antonio for a conference and often it falls during Valentine's Day. And so the Smiths feeling pity in their hearts for poor Mr. Lonely <laughs> James ha- have several times invited me over to spend Valentine's with them and play games, have spaghetti and it's it's wonderful
1: last year amy joined us she did she did my kids start asking about it usually in april or may and i have to remind them guys valentine's (laughs) was in february and it will come again they then they they remember usually around thanksgiving or christmas and they're like hey is mr james still gonna come so it's a it's a big deal in our house (laughs) valentine's is a big family thing for us megan and i usually don't do something maybe we'll go on a date sometimes like not on valentine's but we normally do a big we do a spaghetti dinner with salad and garlic bread and then james and then last year was james and amy come over and it's it's great we didn't do it a few years ago because there was a huge snowstorm but really over the last man quite a few years every now and then when we can we try to include we we try to include mr james as the kids call him (laughs) it's 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 one of my favorite holiday
2: traditions that's amazing. Yeah, we,
1: yeah, I was about to say we we love it. We love it. So when you guys said it was Valentine's, I was excited to get to talk about that. So, so you said you make spaghetti. Whenever y'all are sharing
0: the plate of spaghetti, and you come to the last noodle, <laughs> you're, y'all are slurping it from both
1: ends. Do you stop yeah, when right. the
0: beards touch, or do you, do you just all the way?
1: No, no, no. It's usually like the tips of our nose because okay, okay, okay. so my nose already has sp- spaghetti sauce on it because i've rolled the meatball over to him and then, <laughs> and then as soon as our noses have spaghetti sauce on it we're good that's oh, good
0: <laughs> yeah that's how i remember it so do do you at least go with some of the theme like do you do you play like a valentine's day like style game or is it just like just like i don't know Nobody should. No, use.
1: James James does a good job of like bringing games that are fun for grown-ups and kids. He we usually do some sort of dexterity game or something that's fun and engaging. Like last year we played Camel Up and in the past we've played Rampage, which I think is called Meeple City now or something. Terror of Meeple City. Uh, Terror of Meeple City, which ra- the kids loved Rampage. They also loved Camel Up. So we there's always some fun dexterity game or a good mixture of things. My older two are now getting to where we can play more fun games. So I'm hoping maybe this year we could play love letter. I actually have Jabba's palace. It's a star Wars version of love letter. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah.
2: Love letter is one of, is one of John's top five.
0: It is.
1: Hey, there you go. It is fantastic. So, So yeah, we got Jabba's palace, which is really, it it's fun. It's, it's, it's literally the same game, just skinned with That's awesome. Star Wars characters. I've
0: seen the Batman version. I hadn't seen the Star Wars version.
1: Yeah, I think Jabba's Palace came out. It was last summer. It was like summer, fall.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, cool. Did the kids give you any Valentine's Day cards, Mr. James?
1: Actually, yes. <laughs> they have
2: hand-drawn some really precious ones. That's yeah.
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, it's it's a good time, man. We have a good time. What about you, John?
0: So usually, so Carol is a fun one to to go through Valentine's Day with because she is not about like the tokens of 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 love. I guess like if I buy flowers for her on Valentine's Day, she she kind of hates it.
1: <laughs> too too cliche. Like she wants Don't it at a
0: random time, like not associated with any of it. And so she on Valentine's Day, she just wants the time. Like, and so we just spend some time together and then usually our church has like a parents night out or something that Friday night. And so that's when we really do the,
1: the actual date. So what's like a fun date for you guys? Like, do you go eat or do you go do something active or do you see a movie? Like what's a good date now when you get some time away?
0: It's, it's always food. I, my <laughs> wife's my like there's time and then there's food and that's
1: uh, <laughs> those are her love languages too. that's yeah, good hey you know what languages. that's that's good yeah that's so good. we usually
0: go get some some good italian food or something like that
1: nice very good vegan and i always go eat like indian food or something because when we don't have the kids we can go eat something that they're not going to eat like we do italian for the kids will eat italian food but uh, we'll go eat indian food or, or something a little more exciting that they wouldn't normally enjoy.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. And by by italian food we have like a specific place here that Oh nice. We're not taking our kids because it is Oh nice. It's, it's, it's fancy. It's like a nice. It's yeah, it's like a fancy one and
1: all that. Oh stuff. nice. Yeah. So you yeah. get you get dressed up a little and you look all pretty and
0: I <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to lie. I don't.
1: That's fair. I wear like That's what fair. I would
0: normally wear cuz Dressing up is just like jeans and a a polo or something, which is what I wear. Well, to, there you go. I wear that to work every day. All right. Well, but yeah.
2: this week, we decided that this episode, we wanted to mostly focus on our top five because that actually ends up taking a lot uh, of time because I talk a lot. And so...
0: It's not just you. It's Everybody not. It's not
1: just... You. I was about no. to say, I... I have a whole page written, boys. I'm so excited about this. The longer I worked on it, like each one of them I have to explain, but I love them all. So I'm very excited about all my answers today. Very good.
2: I I am too. But before we get to our top five, we do have a couple of normal segments. John. All right.
0: Hold on. I didn't read it. Would you rather be smelly to everybody around you, but you not be able to smell yourself? Or would you rather be able to smell everybody else's smelliness, and but you not be smelly?
1: Also known as B.O.
0: Yeah, I think I explained that poorly.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, so I, well, I no, 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 you're okay because I have two clarifying questions. Yes. Can I do something to to help with their smell not on their body but like if i put vicks vapor rub under my nose does it help me with smelling other people
2: there's nothing to stop you from doing whatever you need to do to try to do that it's
1: just that everybody else has bad bo and you do not exactly so everyone so everyone else does and i do not or only you do or only me but you don't know it
0: yeah you have
1: no so idea So do they all know so do
2: they all know they have BO? They don't know that they do Well, actually that doesn't matter. But they all Ooh. know that you have BO. No,
1: it it No, but it it, it does matter because like am I like like do I get glorified amongst man because I don't smell and everyone else does smell? <laughs> no, think of it like, do I get to rise up in position <laughs> as the man who doesn't stink? <laughs> like, come on, guys, this is serious.
0: I think it's more that you have like a super hypersensitive nose and you can see oh, even though, okay. like the tiniest traces are just pungent
1: okay okay so i have like super smell okay no no, no I'm, I'm i'm tracking <laughs> man i i gotta be honest one of my like one of my goals in life is to not smell like i i really try hard so this is a tough one i i think i would go with everyone else smells like i have super sensitive smelling i don't want to stink Honestly, so I I got to go with that, and I could figure out ways of masking everyone else's smell, and then I'm not the smelly guy. So I'm I'm good with that.
2: Okay. Excellent, excellent. I can I can dig that. That's that's is the same it, answer. Is that, 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 is that fair? Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same answer that Josh and I gave, or well, that Josh gave and I glummed onto, but a different explanation of it. Because oh nice. because Josh nice. just is, is and me, we're just the kind that will just. Take one for the team so everybody else doesn't feel bad. But you're just like, right,
1: right. I just don't want to smell bad because I don't want to smell bad. I don't want to smell bad. I don't want to sink, man. I don't want to be that guy. I, I try, oh, I'm okay I try with being that guy.
2: Be that guy. In real life, I'm okay with that. But <laughs> hypothetically, I'm not.
1: Play a game with me, would
2: you? This week's game segment isn't so much a game as it is just interesting trivia, or at least what i found interesting um with some questions sprinkled in there
1: is it about valentine's (laughs) it is or is it it about something else
2: it is about something central to valentine's oh Um, okay so when you think of the most iconic things surrounding valentine's day what do you think of those little chalk candies
1: those little those little
2: chalk candies
1: can candy hearts?
2: Yeah, little candy. The,
1: they have the little message cards. on them. Yeah, yeah.
2: Sweethearts. You're, you're
1: sweethearts. there. You go. You're spot on you go. because that's what this
2: it. is about. Is the history of sweethearts? The, those little chalk-like candies that aren't actually chalk, but you you wouldn't believe it if I told you. So, sweethearts or conversation hearts are the quintessential non-chocolate Valentine's candy. And they have quite an interesting history. In 1847, a Bostonian by the name of Oliver Chase invented a cutting machine that is often considered America's first candy-making machine. It would roll the dough, and it would cut it into perfect discs. But candy was not its original intent. What do you think it's originally for? Ooh.
1: The, cu- the cutting machine? Or mm-hmm. the stuff? The cutting machine. Paper. Mm, I was, no, was no, going to no, say something no. a little tougher, but it's not for food. It's, it's not, not for food or, it, it was not originally for candy. Okay. So is it was like a, something to cut so vegetables. It's, I don't know. So it's a type of food. No. It's something harder. Yeah. Is it a butcher machine? So, like was it doing some sort of butcher work? So
2: so it wasn't it wasn't something harder. It was still basically the same consistency. Um and yes, I mean it's a dough, but not the kind of dough that you're thinking of. It's not like a pastry dough, but it's the candy dough that the the, the candy is made from. But it was originally for medicine. So it oh, was that makes sense. it was a lozenge cut up little Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lozenge cutter. Because Oliver was a pharmacist and back then apothecary lozenges were super popular remedies for sore throats and other things. Basically, it's medicine mixed with a sugar paste. But it was a pain to make Mm. because you had to use a mortar and pestle, then you had to roll out the dough, then you had to cut it by hand. It it, it was was tough. But he created a machine that would do it really, really quickly and easily. It wasn't long after that, he shifted his focus to just candy. And he started a company that would become the New England Confectionery Company, also known as
1: what? Is that Oh, Oh. is that Mm -hmm. Neko? It is Necco. Or good Necco nice. yeah.
2: It's 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 Necco. The New England okay. Confectionery Co. Company.
1: I honestly had no idea that was <laughs> an acronym. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. You started saying it and I was like, "Oh wait, I know this one." Yeah.
2: And Necco is the oldest and longest candy company in the United States. So what was oh. their main candy product at this
1: time? So before before candy hearts, yeah, before sweethearts, I
0: have no clue. Do, do they make? I don't. Sponies? I don't know.
1: They they don't. I was about to say it's, it's, it's got to be okay. some sort of sugar, right? It, it is. It's, like it's the same. Little... It's it's the same. Like was it was it taffy? Did they do taffy or mm-hmm. was it hard candy? No, it's still like the Jolly it Still the hard thing? chalk
2: candy. The exact same recipe oh, okay. as sweethearts, but they were in round wafers. So if you ever if you ever hear anybody talking about Necco wafers, that's what it is.
1: Yeah, Gosh. yeah,
2: okay. But at the time they were called Sh- sugar, sugar communion. <laughs> exactly, because they're wafers. It's yes, wafers. yes, it, it's sugary communion, sugar communion. But at the time they were called hub wafers. Do you have any idea why right. it would be called a hub wafer? Because it, cause it Did, looked
1: like the hub on a wagon wheel.
2: <laughs> because hub was a 19th century nickname for Boston.
1: Well, there it is.
2: Don't don't worry. Most of these questions, I do not expect you to know unless you already just know.
0: That's good. I've not even a clue of any of these.
1: (laughs) John's never John's never had sugar before, so he's very confused about how this works.
0: I've tasted it. You just you roll it in your mouth and then you spit it out.
1: I'm I'm just kidding. He does. He does sugar like tobacco. He just puts a little in <laughs> his lip and then he spits yep. it out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All
2: right. So here's a fun one. They came originally. They came in eight different flavors. Try to name them, and I say try because if you don't already know them, you will not get all eight. Oh jeez. Mm-hmm.
1: Cherry. Okay. No. Apple. No. There's a coconut. Red right? dye number 40.
2: Maybe <laughs> there there is not a coconut. They I think they I think they did a coconut later whenever they did some tropical stuff, but not in the oh. 8 original. White chocolate. Or orange. Orange, yes. Oh, there we go. Nice. Um, keep Keep what's going.
0: What's the white one? Apple?
2: Nope. Keep going down the orange route. Was it like but
1: oh, orange lemon yes, lime. Yes, and yes. Banana. I'm just thinking like <laughs> grape. I'm just thinking nope. like all sorts of different fruits.
2: Okay, uh think old timey candy now. Candy that <laughs> I think is disgusting.
1: Butters butterscotch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: I love butterscotch candy.
2: The the black jelly beans are the worst. Oh, licor-
1: licorice. Yes. Like like licorice flavor. Yes.
2: Uh John, you uh, oh, said white yes. chocolate, but it is not white chocolate. They did just have a chocolate. They also uh, had I
0: said, I said white chalk.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's that too. They had a wintergreen and then the last two they had were cinnamon and clove and they
1: sold those all in packs together yes they still do but 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 all together yes clove and chocolate and yes yes and and lemon lime and (laughs) orange (laughs) yes
2: not lemon lime lemon and lime and orange.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like All of those citruses yeah. with cinnamon, clove, and yes. a bold, some bold flavors there. <laughs>
0: a that's a bold move, no, Cotton. How would anybody know this? Nobody eats those things. You, know, you just read the little thing, and then you wait till they get stale. Oh, 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 contraire,
2: my mon frere. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> eats those things. So in 1866, Daniel Chase, Oliver's brother, changed the game and devised a way to do what do you think?
0: Stamp- Uh, words on yeah exactly he he
2: figured out a way to press words on the candy lozenges using a vegetable dye and these became conversation candies now they were not hearts Uh, they were still the wafers but they, they became very popular at weddings with sayings like married in white you have chosen right or married in pink he'll what do you think something to do with drink yeah he'll take to drink
1: Oh my, gosh. oh my gosh, that's really upsetting.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and a few more. There was like one that mom knows I'm out, or mother knows I'm here, or something like that, and and, and some other weird ones. So a little bit more about its history. It's, it's hard to verify, but many believe that Civil War soldiers would often carry the hub wafers with them, and, and that makes sense because they were cheap, they were durable, and they lasted a really long time, which made them easy to carry on long marches. Some also speculate that the practice of sending love notes to soldiers led Daniel to the idea of putting messages on the candies. Oh. But that's not, that's not really likely. The most likely is that at the time, there were candies called cockles that were basically scalloped candies with a message inside on paper, kind of like a fortune cookie.
1: Like a fortune cookie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But... The U.S. government did requisition the entire output of the Neko factory for soldiers during which war? Two. Exactly. And for all the the reasons previously mentioned. They were also popular treat during the Depression because they were cheap. So going back just a little bit before World War II and the Depression, what important innovation do you think took place with the candy in
0: 1902? That's... Industrial mass production. They were already being mass produced.
1: They, they made them shaped differently, like changed the shape so that they were, I don't know, hearts or something.
2: That was the introduction of the heart shapes.
1: Ah, and
2: around this time, they also did baseball, postcard, watch and horseshoe shaped candies. But it's oh. it's the hearts that really took off and remain one of the most popular candies, holiday candies ever. And now some major things jump and way forward in the future. Some major things happened over the last few years that we'll get to in a second. And so I, I don't have any recent statistics because of that. But the next little bit is as recent as 2018. So that's, that's the caveat here. Neko produced more than 8 billion hearts every year. Yeah. And almost all of those were sold in the six weeks leading up to Valentine's Day. Oh my so God. Oh my gosh. I, I know, right? They, they start, they start production right after the holiday and just continue until they, they start selling them six weeks before. What percentage of the Valentine's candy market do you think conversation hearts make up?
0: Oh man.
1: I, I'm going to say a little less than half. I like think I think chocolate, I think chocolate is the big Valentine's thing now, I think but it's, I would say those are,
0: it's not less than half.
1: I was gonna guess
0: like way less. I was gonna guess like thirty percent.
2: Why? Are you, why are you saying it's questioning me like that? No, it is forty percent.
1: And ah, wow. split the difference. Uh, I said right under. You said thirty. There you go. And
2: Jeff, you were exactly right. That was my next question. What makes up the most? And it is chocolate.
1: I was yeah, because yep. I mean yeah, uh, the the good candy.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, Neko isn't the only maker of conversation hearts. Brock's. Joined the market in 1950 with their own knockoff version, and by 2019 they actually were outselling Sweethearts. But do you know why?
0: By when? What year?
2: 2019.
0: Was that was that something? It wasn't. No, that was before COVID.
1: Did did Necco like was Brock's taste better? Like they so by most better?
2: accounts brocks did taste better and they looked better they were they were more vibrant and they do a laser printing so they're a lot crisper but that's not the reason the reason is and this is what i said we would get back to neko had been struggling for a little over a decade and in may of 2017 the very same factory that had been producing sweetheart since 1902 was sold to a real estate, a couple of real estate development companies, and then was leased back to Neko for a year and a half term. But in May of 2018, Neko itself was purchased at a bankruptcy auction by Roundhill Investments, a company that oh. has a good track record of buying and buoying up struggling brands. We have the the survival of Chef Boyardee to thank to them.
0: Ooh.
2: Um, and a couple of others. But two months later, after Roundhill bought them, the Neko factory shuttered its doors. And this is in, in 2018, it shuttered its doors and sent all 230 employees home permanently because Roundhill sold Neko to a mysterious new owner, which was never publicly named, who then sold Neko again in September of 2018 to the Spangler Candy Company. Who were known for circus peanuts, their candy canes, and these
1: little suckers? I thought you were gonna say Willy Wonka in there. <laughs> I really did. I really um, thought the mysterious buyer turned out to have a bunch of oobaloobas Right.
2: Well, that's, that stamped the candies. That that was a question in case you missed it. They are known for circus peanuts, oh. candy canes, oh, and oh, these yeah. little suckers. Oh, I thought you meant Dumb the hearts. Dum dums. Dum dums. Yeah. Dum Dums. Yeah, I, I got. Or I understand why you would think that I was talking about the hearts, but they weren't known for the hearts until now. But Spangler announced that there would be no sweethearts produced for the 2019 Valentine season. So that's how Brox overtook them. They didn't exist at the time, and then the 2020 season was sparse. But they're going strong again now, and they've even brought back the annual themes for the the sayings on their hearts. This year is animal themed with phrases like puppy love, love lovebirds, big dogs, and perfect. Last year was words of encouragement and included, among others, way to go, crush it, you to best, and uh, high five. 2021 was the first themed year with Spangler. I'm going to name some of the sayings. What do you think the theme was? It, this is easy i'm yours summer lovin
0: at last day.
2: my girl music marriage dating yeah it's, it's it's music it's it's love songs love they also had crazy in love and some others i don't remember all put a ring so, on it uh, and m- maybe So sticking with the words on the candies, there have been well over a hundred sayings over the years. I could not find anything definitive on that. Just that there were a bunch and and the history is kind of vague. But there are three that have stuck around from the very beginning. And there actually may be more, but these are the only three that I was able to find. Uh, Any guesses as to which sayings
0: they are? Be mine. Be mine. Yeah.
1: Love you or I love you. Nope so love is not eternal all right
0: <laughs> no i don't think be my valentine
1: is text me
2: yes that was an original <laughs> one lit <laughs> that's i, I think oh i think your lit is has been on on some the other two are be true and kiss me
1: oh they're not worried about love they just want kisses
2: yes exactly
1: that's yeah. the how this works
2: there are a ton of sayings that have been retired because they just aren't relevant anymore. Like groovy, dig me, saucy boy, one eight hundred cupid. Did you just
1: say the word saucy boy? I did. That was you, just, st- you tried to slip that in there, <laughs> like we weren't going to notice. Yeah, I'm calling. I'm calling on Spingler to That's bring back movie. saucy boy right now. If somebody gave me a card, saucy boy, that'd be great. Saucy Boy.
0: see ya, saucy boys. Fax me is one of my favorites what's a fact
2: i know right and haven't
0: seen glass onion
1: yeah oh you're <laughs> right
0: the whole thing
1: that's, true. that's it's the whole movie yeah <laughs> child equals nft
0: but yeah they things off that paid for this facility
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, but they've had a they've had as technology has changed like you said text me earlier they had email me and stuff like that and then from the files of that word doesn't mean what it used to mean you are gay
1: oh that's funny um, like, they were using it in the joyous and happy sense, yes. correct? And yes. And that's, that's changed a little bit. Have you yep. found right.
0: any of those on eBay? The... <laughs> no. I'm sure they're on there. <laughs> there might they be. They probably exist. <laughs> there might be.
1: Those, those things last forever. <laughs> right.
2: All right. And so uh, we'll go ahead and end this segment with a fun little anecdote. In 2004, a man by the name of Mike Waltz, bought several bags of the candy looking for a very specific phrase and only found one or two in each bag so he emailed neko about it and a few days later a small box of sweethearts with only this phrase arrived at his house marry me
0: yeah
2: it was a proposal that's exactly correct his wife still has that box unopened And he even has his own memento
1: box of sweethearts that say only this. And they, even though they were made in 2004, they would taste just the same as a new bag purchased this year. (laughs) That's true. All the same. That's true. But I I think (laughs) I think you missed the question.
2: He has his own memento box of sweethearts that say only
1: this. They say only this on them. Only this. Only this. Yes, that's that's. Uh... Yes, I do. I do. There you yeah, go. yeah, I do.
2: And that's that's a short, little, sweet history of conversation hearts.
1: There you go. I honestly don't remember the last time I ate one. I mean, I've seen I've seen them, but I don't remember the last time I ate one.
0: Since Valentine's Day is a made-up holiday to sell cards and candy, we tossed around the idea of doing our top five candies, but I didn't see James cry enough last week. And so instead we're gonna share our top five sweetest moments in media. Get those waterworks flowing.
2: So yeah, this one this one was a tough one to come up with to, to figure out what we were gonna do. It actually ended up not being a very difficult one for me to write out. And I did I rewatched all five of these moments leading up to this recording so that I could get all of my crying out of the way. Because every one of these moments have brought me to tears at some point.
1: (laughs) Nice. Several of mine have, but not my first one that's on there. Well, why don't you tell us what it is? Number five. So my first one is actually just sweet because it is classic it's a classic movie and i have several movies i have a book i have a tv show and i have a song that i want to share my very first one is from the classic film it's a wonderful life mm. and it is when george bailey says what do you want mary you want me to lasso the moon and i my it's a wonderful life is my wife's favorite christmas movie and i think it's one of her favorite movies in general and that that moment is really sweet. And then the way the rest of it plays out where George and Mary fall in love and they have a lot of kids and they live their life. I just I just really like that moment and I like the way they share that share that together and I like the sentiment that you will do anything for the woman you love. Dude, I love Even it. Even if it meant Lasso in the Moon.
2: I love it. Yep. You know, that's that's such an underrated movie. I wish they would show it more around the holidays.
1: <laughs> we we watch it. We watch it a couple times every season and megan and i it's if we're in the same room watching it it's kind of tough because we tear up several times (laughs) it's always best if we're doing something else while it's on i get that trying to trying to decorate or make some food or like do something for the holiday and not just be sitting staring (laughs) at it because i will
2: weep yeah otherwise your mascara would run
1: (laughs) yep yep
2: john you want to go next you want me to
0: Sure. I'll go next. But real quick, before I start these, this is just a disclaimer. I was talking through Carol. And at first we were going through the sweetest moments. And she was saying all the times that like, I had come to tears over something. Every single one was like a good moment, like, like, oh, we're, we're a team, we're doing stuff together kind of thing, or like a triumphant moment literally none of them were romantic. And so <laughs> romance, I will be the second person to tell you because Carol told me earlier, I'm just not a rom- like a romantic guy. Like romance, like rom-coms are not necessarily my thing. So I want to put a disclaimer on that before I start this. So i these are things that I have not cried over. I've only cried over one of these things out of my entire list. But... <laughs> Well, this, this doesn't are, have to have to be made up of things you it, cried over. It's it, just the sweet, like, sweetest moments. But exactly. Well, whenever you think of sweetest moments, you think of something that like, like we even talked, like made fun of you last week about crying. I'm just, we didn't have fun of you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there was no making fun of. It was, it was a, a very good moment, but these are all moments or movies or songs or whatever that I do recognize as important romantic moment that I witnessed in my life, at least witnessed. All right. Get on with it. Artless. Sorry. Sorry. That was a long, long disclaimer, but here it is. All right. Number five, it is Whitney Houston's. I will always love you. Wonderful. Exactly. It's a great romantic song and it's not necessarily the song itself as performed by her, it is actually me singing that to Carol really loudly and really obnoxiously at inappropriate <laughs> times where we don't really need to be that loud. And that is one of my favorite things. And just belting that high note, like what, you know, the. the uh uh-huh. You know, you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, where, where the drum hits. Yeah. And Boom. just, exa- and just absolutely, absolutely missing it every time. And it's fantastic. And I love it. And Carol. Help me remember that one because she was like, what's that song you always, and then we, and yeah. And then I sang it in the nice. middle of a a restaurant. <laughs> my lungs. It was great. That's good.
2: So, so it is, it is her version of the song, right? It's not, I will yes, always love you her by version. her. No, yeah. No. As sung it by is, her.
0: Right. Because it didn't, is, isn't it a Dolly Parton song?
1: Yeah. It is. Um, yeah.
0: I only know that because I googled it earlier <laughs> to make sure that it was Whitney Houston. Because some, like sometimes, I'll slip into "My Heart Will Go On" by Celine Dion, and it's like, oh, wait, no, this is—it's a different song. Just need... <laughs> All
2: right, that's a—that's that's it. That's a solid pick. A solid sweet <laughs> moment. Destroying the song for Carol. That's My right. number five. I did not choose because I am a massive Doctor Who fan. But because it is genuinely one of the sweetest moments in a show filled with sweet, amazing moments. And uh, this will be a spoiler for a major plot moment in this particular episode. So cover your ears if you don't want to hear it. In season seven of The New Who, the weeping angels come back with a vengeance and rory is a victim it's it's a little bit too wibbly wobbly timey wimey to try to explain exactly what's happening but suffice it to say that rory figures out that the only way to stop it is to create a paradox by jumping off of the roof and killing himself of the building that they're on and so now amy had been having some struggles in in her relationship with her husband throughout their run in the show And of course, Rory wasn't naive to that fact. He knew. So this moment is huge. After explaining his plan to her, Rory, still unsure that it would even work, grabbed her hand, put it to his chest and told her he needed help to push him over the edge. Words were exchanged. She she asked if he would be able to do it if the rules were reversed, to which he replied to save you. I could do anything.
1: Aww. and
2: so she steps on a ledge with him just as the doctor comes up to the roof and sees them a couple more words were exchanged and then they fall in slow motion embracing all the way down what? and they're successful. Aww. They're successful. They stopped this massive bad thing by creating that paradox but it doesn't end quite there. And the final moments of this episode are something that I do not want to spoil, but it is one of the most bittersweet moments in the series and does indeed make me cry just about every time. But the sweet moment of her getting on the ledge with him, still not knowing what's going to happen and their embrace as they fall is just is wonderful.
0: We're gonna have to talk after the show, and you're gonna have to remind me what happened. Cause I remember everything, and like, the bad green screen behind as they're falling. Oh yeah, I don't <laughs> it is pretty. I bad. Can't think of what happens next.
2: <laughs> that that show isn't exactly known for its uh, wonderful special effects; it's just
1: its wonderful writing.
0: <laughs> Number four.
1: So my next one is from another movie. And it is, it's is—it's a movie based on a book, but this this part is not in the book, but it's written out in the movie. The same sentiment is given in the book, but I think the movie says it better. Mine is from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is a fantastic book. If you've never read it, you should read it. It's really fun. Great science fiction. Very silly. Yeah. But at the end of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, there is a moment where... The main character, who in the movie is played by Martin Freeman, these aliens built a machine that would tell them the answer to life and everything in the universe. And the answer it gave is 42. But it didn't. they forgot to program it to tell them the question, so they don't know what 42 means. So they want him to come up with the question that will satisfy why the answer is 42, or they're going to take his brain out. I know, it's science fiction but he has been on this journey with this woman that he has that he has spent time with that he has fallen in love with and so they're asking him they're saying you need to come up with a question and he says one of my favorite lines in a movie Just kind of encapsulating, he says, my head is filled with questions, and I can assure you no answer to any one of them has ever brought me one iota of happiness, except for one, the one, the only question I've ever wanted an answer to, is she the one? The answer isn't 42, it's yes, undoubtedly, unequivocally, unabashedly yes. And for one week, one week in my sad little blip of an existence, it made me happy. And it's pretty great. It is wonderful. So I I like that. It 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 is sad, but I I like the bittersweet of it, and I just love the way he puts it. Like I have all these questions running around in my head, and there's a lot there's a real existential quality to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that I love, and just the idea that there's all these questions and there's everything in the universe, and really the only question is is she the one? And the answer is yes. And I, I love the way that's wrapped up. Wonderful. Dig it.
0: All right. My number four. We'll put a little disclaimer on this one, too. Uh, (laughs) It's not really a romantic moment, but it sets forth a path that leads to romance for this character. This happened on Valentine's Day in 1996. Harry Potter and Cho Chang went to (laughs) Madame (laughs) Puddingfoot's tea shop. Yeah. for a valentine's day date this they'd already kissed earlier in the in, at the end of the the previous semester and they decided they were going to go on a date and they went here and uh it was really uncomfortable for harry and he was trying to make conversation. Said he was going to go meet hermione granger later and cho chang did not like that answer at all. And they got in an argument and that ended up being it for the relationship, but it was great because all this time leading up to this point, any love interest that Harry had had been Cho Chang from here on out. It sets a new path where he like is like, okay, I'm, you know, I don't have to be in a romantically linked or anything like that until he recognizes that Ginny Weasley is the one that he would like to be with. So, the in of itself, the the date, not great, but it sets forth a good path for Harry. Aww. There you go.
2: My number four is centered around a song, but it isn't just the song itself. It, it is around something that happened with the song, kind of like yours, John. And I actually never even heard the song until I listened to an episode of Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, Revisionist History. And so if you listen to the revisionist history, you probably already know where I'm going with this, but the song is he stopped loving her today. And if you haven't heard it, it is a song about a lifetime of unrequited love with some of these lyrics. He said, I'll love you till I die. She told him you'll forget in time as the years went slowly by. She still preyed upon his mind. He kept her picture on his wall Went half crazy now and then, but he still loved her through it all, hoping she'd come back again. Kept some letters by his bed, dated 1962. He had underlined in red every single I love you. I went to see him just today. Oh, but I didn't see no tears. All dressed up to go away. First time I'd seen him smile in years. He stopped loving her today. They placed a wreath upon his door. Soon they'll carry him away. He stopped loving her, her today. So it is a song about a man who loved a woman his entire life. She didn't love him back and he didn't stop loving her until the day he died. That was the day that he stopped loving her. And the the, the song alone is, is heart achingly wonderful, but it is not my number four sweet moment. While he didn't write the song, it's most associated with George Jones. And in an ocean of country and Western hits, it ended up being his biggest. And he passed away in 2013 and his funeral was held at the Grand Ole Opry with a lot of, of country stars singing at the service. Vince Gill and Patty Loveless did Go Rest High on That Mountain and, and Vince couldn't make it through. That's a that's a wonderful heart, heart-taking moment there. But... Alan Jackson closed out the service. Mm -hmm. He stepped out. He looked at George's wife, Nancy, and then saying he stopped loving her today. There is not a dry eye in the room, including the room that I was in watching it for the first time. And including this room tonight when I watched it again. And That's how you know it's a good <laughs> one, and and throughout throughout Alan Jackson's performance, like he looked at her, but then he couldn't look at anybody as he sang the song, and you could see the hurt and the emotion that he had, and at the end he almost broke, and and he walked away. It, it's 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 a beautiful, bittersweet moment that is just, it's just wonderful.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Megan Megan and I like that one. We're Megan's a huge George Jones fan, so that's a that's a big one around here. Nice. sing that one a lot.
2: Yeah, it's I, you know me, I'm not a great big country fan. I I do tend to enjoy older country and by older I mean like 70s yeah. country.
1: Number 3. So mine is a song too and it's also a country song. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jason Isbell. He had a big album come out, man, like six years ago, now, 2017. It's called The Nashville Sound. Very good. But there's a song on there, and it's kind of silly, but it's called If We Were Vampires. And I know that sounds funny, but stick with me, <laughs> all right? I Stick with me, because these are the lyrics. And he wrote, he wrote, It's knowing that this can't go on forever. Likely one of us will have to spend some some days alone. Maybe we'll get 40 years together, but one day I'll be gone or one day you'll be gone. And so this is where the title comes from. It says, if we were vampires and death was a joke, we'd go out on the sidewalk and smoke, laugh at all the lovers and their plans. I wouldn't feel the need to hold your hand. Maybe time running out is a gift. I'll work hard till the end of my shift and give you every second I can find and hope it isn't me who's left behind. (laughs) and that that is a really good country song i i barely got through reading the lyrics much less if i ever had to sing it anyway it's it's called if we were vampires and it is so good so i highly recommend that one my wife and i yeah you really should and and just be prepared because dadgum it's good it's really it's really good it, it's it's a great you know just acoustic he's he's country americana he's a singer songwriter the whole album's incredible but not every song is a love song but that is the one that's the one that gets me rock on so so yeah i like that one that's a good one jonathan
0: i am not going with a country song <laughs> but i am going with the song and this song was the song that we walked out of my wedding. It's the song that is sung by my favorite band of all time. And it is You're My Best Friend by Queen. Yeah. And it is, it is just, it's so good. This is one that Carol and I will sing to each other. Like it's on our wedding playlist. And there's songs that we still go through but this one always comes back and we always sing it at the top of our lungs whenever it comes on. So yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic.
2: I I have I have nothing but great things. And agree.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was
0: going to pull out some some lyrics to read but I don't want to just pull, I can I could literally just read any of them. It's it's you're the, my best friend. Best. Yeah, you Exactly. Ooh,
2: you make me live. All right, so my number three. Sorry, but it is more deceased spouse talk.
1: Oh no! I know
2: <laughs> it is. It is the
1: oh.
2: married life montage from Up.
1: Oh, nice! Yeah,
2: yeah I, I cannot get through that w- without tearing up. I don't full on ball anymore. Like I was a blubbering mess <laughs> in the movie theater whenever we first watched it. But anyway, so Ellie and Carl first meet as kids, and she shows him her adventure book that she's planning on filling up with her adventure to South America one day. And we're then treated to a montage of Ellie and Carl at their wedding with them growing growing older together, saving money for South America, spending the saved money for emergencies, discovering her illness, and finally her passing. It's absolutely devastating and beautiful and in a, in a brief four and a half minutes you feel their love, their joy, their pain and his heartache. And before she passed away, she gave him her adventure book. And when he finally looked through it, it was filled with pictures of their life together. And at the end she had inscribed, "Thanks for the adventure." Now go find a new oh.
1: one. Oh gosh. Oh, why oh, would my you gosh. do it? Why would you do it?
2: <laughs> yeah and it's it is it is that is one of the sweetest most beautiful moments in cinema in in media in everything it gets me every time it's yeah i
1: i so the first time i ever saw up was with megan and her family we kind of everybody went together and it was one of those where the montage starts and you know how it ends like you're you're aware like you know what this movie's about, so there's like there's a hus- there's this couple and their their life is together, and everyone is already crying once it starts. <laughs> and I'm looking at Megan like, "What is this movie? Like, what are we watching?" <laughs> and I, I there's there's one moment in the in the montage where it, it's kind of clear that maybe Carl and Ellie had talked about kids, and they go to the doctor, and maybe she can't have kids or something. Yeah, there's there's kind of a moment in there, and thank God because like i'm you know this is i'm i'm in college or like maybe i can't remember i don't think megan and i are married yet but i'm trying to you know you're trying to be tough in the movie theater we're watching a pixar movie and thank god for some (laughs) child down in the front who is this little boy who at the top of his lungs in the theater goes that means she can't have babies (laughs) and i think I think everyone in the theater I think everyone in the theater needed it because everyone is weeping already as it's going on <laughs> and it was a great moment of levity in that moment and it's one of my favorite movie going experience memories like this this kid i don't even somewhere out there there's this little kid who helped us get through up without me weeping and (laughs) sobbing even though we were all still crying it was incredible
2: oh man that is phenomenal
1: but yeah that's that's a good one number two all right so my number two (laughs) this is this may come as as a shock this one just happened just just released and some people have compared it to up oh, interestingly enough is
2: it, is it the third episode of something
1: it is the third episode of a television show called the last of us and i'm gonna tell you right now i went in to watch the last of us i knew i had played the game i knew it was going to be a mental like, it's a heavy show. It's a heavy story. It's a very brutal world. We're trying to survive these fungus zombie type things. It's tough. Uh-huh. But the third episode, I I was not prepared. I was not ready for what happened to me. It takes some throwaway dialogue from the game and fully fleshes out the backstory of two characters from the video game and it's it establishes this whole world and gives us like what happened for twenty years during the as the the world fell. And it is this relationship development between these two characters, Bill and Frank, that I was like not ready for and didn't know it was coming. And by the end of it, or several times during it, but by the end of it, Megan and I are crying so hard we're having to pause the television. (laughs) <laughs> to like catch up. And then when the music plays, the last scene plays and it and it kind of focuses out the window. We're crying so hard. I was it made me rethink my whole life. And oh, I was man. like, how how did they do that in an hour and 15 minute episode of this stupid zombie show where they created this love story that ends with the lines, "I'm old, I'm satisfied, and you were my purpose." and holy crap Megan and I were like I don't think I I put it on a list cuz you know I do pop stick with Josh I don't think there will be a better episode of TV this year. It's going to be real hard to beat. But anyway, wow. that that was mine and it knocked up off of my list, so I'm glad I didn't put that on there. So James, I appreciate you taking it. But the the apocalyptic up for <laughs> The Last of Us, that that one takes the cake. And so Megan and I have been listening to Linda Ronstadt this week. I'm going to love you for a long time and every once in a while we'll just kind of make eye contact and be like, "It's okay." It's okay. <laughs> that's, man, that's so that's, that's so good. Man, it was crazy. They did a whole love story in an hour, and it was amazing.
0: All right. So I don't think that I cried at this next one because I saw it when I was like, I was probably early high school, and so I hadn't experienced true love at that time. But I think if I saw it for the first time today, I think I would cry at this. This was a little film with Mel Gibson in it where he gets electrocuted in a bathtub and gains the ability to read women's <laughs> minds. Okay. This is this is what women want. And he starts out wow. as this like this playboy that just is a womanizer and a misogynist and just like doesn't understand that women are actually people, basically, is what it comes down to. And so he's going throughout his life and using using these women that come into his life and then just continuing on, using everything that he can to further his career. He's up for a job promotion, but a lady from another company gets hired in over him and he is not happy about that. And in one of the first meetings, he's kind of told, I don't think your idea is very good. Everybody try out these products. And in the trying out of the products later that night, he's doing it kind of angrily and and stuff like that and gets a little drunk and then falls in the bathtub, gets electrocuted, gains this ability. <laughs> and at first he's using this, this ability to continue doing what he's always done, which is just further himself, just like buoy himself and make himself look better. As he's going through it, though, he's learning more and more about this this woman who had come in, what he thinks of is like taking his job. And as he learns more about her, he realizes, oh, she's brilliant. She is really smart. She is really good at this. And then that develops into affection. And at the end of the movie, she actually gets fired from her position because they're like, look. I don't remember Mel Gibson's character actually now, but they say, look, he's doing a better job. And so she gets fired and he goes up to her at the end, very end of the movie. And the last thing he's explaining, like all this stuff, like I'm stealing your ideas, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. I came here in the middle of the night at 1am. And I'm just now realizing I am not the shining knight coming to rescue you. You are the shining knight, and I need you to rescue me. And then she like pauses for a moment mm. and she says, okay, if what you're telling me is true, you're fired because he had gotten her, her job back. So he's fired and he goes, oh, that is not, that is not <laughs> what I thought was going to happen. And sorry, this is, this is all spoilers, but it's a 30 year old movie. It, <laughs> yeah. So. Right. And so he's walking away. Cause he's like, I, I, that didn't go like I thought it was going to go. I thought, you know, this was all going to be a a nice, cozy feeling. And then she runs at the stairs as he's walking down. She goes, is that it? And he goes, I don't want it to be it. And she goes, then don't let this little thing of me firing you end it. And it was like, oh, yeah. You you know, you your heart lifted because you're like, oh,
1: so you're telling me there's
0: a chance. Don't spoil my next one.
1: Yeah. oh sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then basically she was just like i didn't know which to address first the professional or the relation and yeah
1: it's funny so, I,
0: I do that, remember like, that moment what it's one good want. it's good i love that movie it's, that is a fantastic movie
2: it, it's a it's yeah, a surprising pick but it's a it's a good one <laughs> i don't know why i love it i just do all right so my my number two involves a couple that I think we all love. There is no shortage of sweet moments between Pam and Jim on the office. Oh. Their their first kiss, the proposal in the rain, their secret wedding, all wonderful moments. But in the final season, she's struggling with his out-of-town job, basically tells him that she doesn't want him to do that anymore and starts to worry that he won't be happy with the life that he has with her. And there's a a weird moment with the sound guy from the fake documentary crew. That, I I didn't love all that, but the way it, it it all came and culminated into this one moment is wonderful. So after she tells she she confides in in Jim that she's worried that he's going to have regrets about their life. He gives her a video. And it begins with the words, Beasley, you think I'll have regrets? I asked the doc crew to help me show you why I won't. And then it's a montage of some of the best moments together from the show. And the final clip is, is taken from season two, the Christmas episode where he gives her the teapot. And he had a letter in the teapot that he ended up taking out of it. And that video, and she never, she never knew about it, but the video shows it. And so she sees him taking the letter and pocketing it without her seeing it. And we never in the entire run got to see what it said, but in the final season, she does because after she watched the video, she turns around and sees Jim behind her with the letter in his hand. He gives it to her, she reads it, and then they embrace. And it is the sweetest Jim and Pam moment of many sweet Jim and Pam moments.
1: It really is. It truly is. Truly, truly. Yeah. And the behind the scenes on that is also really sweet. Uh, Because the letter that she reads on camera was... Was John Krasinski writing to Jenna Fisher why he had loved working with her so much and who she was as a person? Yes. So it is a genuinely sweet, like, it was not fake Jim writing to Pam. It was John Krasinski writing to Jenna Fisher, which is a really sweet thing in and of itself, too.
2: Yeah, I think she mentioned that on Office Ladies one time.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Makes the moment even better.
1: Right. Okay, uh, Jeff, so do I get to do number bring, one? Bring it home.
0: Number one.
1: All right, number one, I'm going to go back to a book published in 1906 by Mr. Mark Twain. So Mark Twain wrote a couple of stories. He wrote quite a few stories, actually. They were like little short stories, kind of jokes. That were first-person narratives of Adam and Eve and about their life as b- becoming human and living in the garden and then the fall and all of that. And they're they're humorous, but he wrote extracts from Adam's diary at the end of the 1890s, and it got published in 1904. And then in 1906, E the, the diary of Eve or Eve's diary was published. And so the Adam one had been funny, and it was about his understanding of being in the garden and then all of a sudden there's this, this thing there who talks a lot and names things and kind of drives him crazy and then they have this other thing and it turns out to be Cain but he doesn't understand it and he calls it a bear and then it's, it's really funny but at the end of Eve's diary, so it goes on, they spend 40 years together, and then Eve anyway, Eve is, is dying, and she writes, It is my prayer, it is my longing that we may pass from this life together, a longing which shall never perish from the earth, but shall have place in the heart of every wife that loves until the end of time, and it shall be called by my name. But if one of us must go first, it's my prayer that it shall be I, for he is strong. I am weak. I am not so necessary to him as he is to me. Life without him would not be life. How could I endure it? This prayer is also immortal and will not cease from being offered up while my race continues. I am the first wife, and in the last wife I shall be repeated, which is super heavy, which is super heavy and very sweet. The last line of the book is after Eve has died. And all it says is at Eve's grave. And Adam, so it goes the first person goes to Adam, it comes back. And Adam says, Wheresoever she was, there was Eden. Oh. And that is my favorite line from any any book, any story is that. But what makes it even more heartbreakingly and amazing was Mark Twain's wife was dying in the early 20th in the early 1900s and he was writing these stories while she was dying Ugh. and he published this one was published in 1906 she died in 1904 and people had asked him are you going to write more of those stories and he said you know I tried to talk to Eve but she doesn't say anything anymore oh my gosh and then he pub- then he publishes this story and it ends with wheresoever she was there was Eden. And that is – anyway, Megan and I, I several years ago for Christmas, we have first editions of both of those books in our house. And that is my favorite love story within a love story, essentially.
2: That's incredible. I've never heard of it.
1: But now I want yeah. to read it. Yeah, I want – yeah. When I, when I came across and they're very short reads, they're just kind of funny. They were, they were, they were published like in magazines or newspaper, like little stories. And then they got published. You can read it real fast in a sitting, but they are funny and sweet and existential there. It, it's, I don't know. It's quintessential Mark Twain, but he loves his wife so much. And then he loses her and it, Oh dude, it's, it's so good.
2: That is wonderful.
1: I highly recommend it you can find you can find both of those books on like Gutenberg online like the full print of them because their copyright is like they're free yeah. you can find them and read them so awesome
0: all right number one so you mentioned Jim and Pam and how fantastic of a of an arc they had how great the office is and I will agree with you the office. Is fantastic. It made like, that was one of the shows that I definitely cried over. However, I'm a parks and rec.
2: I was about to say, you're going to go with Ben. Uh, There it was.
0: (laughs) You are exactly right. I'm going with the relationship of Leslie and Ben and just the, I, I don't know if I can nail it down to an arc because they're, they're so fantastic to each other. They support each other. In everything when Leslie decides she's gonna go into politics, Ben takes kind of a backseat and does everything he can to support Leslie. When Ben makes decisions to like quit being an accountant, Leslie is in full support, even as he's going through kind of a mental breakdown. And creating claymation videos. <laughs> that that that's that one was two weeks episodes. of my
1: life. That is
0: one of my favorite <laughs> episodes of any show ever. <laughs> is it's so good. Is that that little snippet. But yeah. And then like even Leslie Leslie's uh, vow to Ben, the things that you have done for me to help me, support me surprise me and to make me happy go above and beyond what any person deserves you're all i need i love you and i like you i love you and, and i like we you. have some friends yeah we have some friends that that's that's the thing too so i don't know what else that's to a say good one that one's it. sweet no just, it's, it's perfect it.
1: it's if you
0: 24. haven't watched parks and rec even if you just like find a youtube video that just goes through their relationship it is it is so cute because they are such unique individuals and they do such a good job supporting each other, which I think is what ultimately a good partnership is.
2: I agree for, for this being my number one, I actually have the least to say about it, but I adore the final minutes of the wedding singer. Julia oh, is yeah. on her way to Vegas on the to become plane. yes, to become Julia Gulia. But Robbie hops on a plane to stop the wedding because he he loves her. And he eventually realizes that he is on the same flight as Julia. So he devises a plan involving Billy Idol and some other first classers to to sing her a song. And if you'll allow me to be hyperbolic, it is the sweetest song ever. I I want to grow old with you. And just the lyrics of that song are the... It's just, you know, I'll even let you hold the remote control. Just silly little things like that. <laughs> but something about it's a so, tummy It's ache. so
1: genuinely sweet. It
2: is. It, it is so wholesome. It is so sweet. Mm-hmm. It is it is the sweetest song in a movie and just one of the most heartfelt lovely times. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's just wonderful. Yeah. And of course she says yes.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And I love, I love that they get Billy Idol in on that. It's yeah. so funny. And and I think Adam Sandler does that so well where they, they have this really heartfelt sweet moment, but they break it up with some silly, but that one, that one is so warm without being crass. Without being rude. Adam Sandler. It's like a true, <laughs> it, it, it's a true little lovey story. It's very sweet.
2: Adam Sandler has made some really good rom-coms with Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, he has. Absolutely. But that's my number one. And that leads us to We, did, our we did it.
1: Yeah, not quite. Oh goodness. I didn't have yeah, honorable. You, obviously not a listener. <laughs> you're time. the only one. Man, I I put it all out there for my five. That was that was it, man. All right. Go ahead, John.
0: Okay. So honorable mentions. Your song by Elton John. Wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. Oh man. A whole new world from Aladdin. That's another good one. Even though it ends poorly, love is an open door. Frozen, because that I love. I love those duets. I love that one in A Whole New World. Some moments that made me just cry. Season, I think it was three of the Great British Baking Show when Nadia won, cried at that. I've cried multiple times at Bluey. Okay. Yeah.
1: That is the that the, is the perfect show. The,
0: yeah. The weekend when Bingo is talking to the leaf bug. I don't know why that got me real bad.
2: So you really did give up on Valentine's with your honorable mentions.
0: I did. Like I I cry a lot at movies. It's just never <laughs> has been over a romantic happy thing. It's always just like, oh, that is so sweet. And so we'll have to find some way to bring some of those back. do do some more lists on that thanks for joining us today we're so glad that you could come in and be part of this valentine's day episode with us hopefully you were reminded of some things that make your heart light as well
2: or make you cry
0: yeah yeah you cry or weigh down your heart
2: right um jeff thank you for joining us like i said it's always a pleasure to have you love talking to you love how yeah you it was a good time. The, the show
1: oh yeah i'm i'm glad you feel that way
2: if y'all want to join in on the conversation let us know what your favorite sweet moments are email us at fwlspod at gmail.com you can also check out our instagram and our twitter our facebook and all those socials and every and also, thursday on
0: twitch and also check out Jeff and Josh. What, what, every Friday what do morning. they do? I don't know.
1: We, we have a podcast called <laughs> Pop Shtick that you can check out. I'm not entirely sure what this week's episode is that we're recording. Last week's episode, we talked a little bit about the Super Bowl, some of our favorite Super Bowl moments, but also we tried to do some predictions about trailers that were going to come out during the Super Bowl. We talk about movies, we talk about video games, we talk about TV shows, we talk about sports, all sorts of fun things, and just have a good time hanging out together. So... That is pop shtick. I also do one with my wife called Shtickless that comes out on Tuesdays, and we talk about all sorts of random stuff too. So you can just, if you like the sounds of my voice, you can hear it a lot as it talks about things that may or may not be important. <laughs>
0: There's really, really for your voice out there.
2: You could, you could just listen to the sweet dulcet tones of Jeff's voice for no reason at all. <laughs> really, just read the dictionary. Hey everybody. After, after editing, this is just going to
0: be just Jeff's. Jeff no. Talk through this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're gonna cut out all me and James.
2: Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. All right. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>
0: James, I'm so sorry. I forgot what a script was.
1: Like, I don't know why.
0: I don't know why this episode, I was just like not even not even aware of it at all. And then it'd be too late and I was like scrambling to find where we were.